Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. ASMR. Awesome. Okay. I don't understand that stuff. It's just Let's weird start to me. The show. Anyway, Jesse's trying to move us along here. <laughs> I didn't know we were going. All right, so Let's now make it awkward. Let's go. <laughs> I can make it as awkward as I damn well please. Do it. Don't be awkward. All right. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps podcast. I am your host Brent Gleason. Sitting alongside of me is both co-hosts this week. I got my brother Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And up from Florida, checking in this week, is Phil Jakes in studio. What's up? You went there. <laughs> I hate this song. I just hate Eminem. Okay. It's because he's white. It's better. I can get down with it. I don't mind, foo. You're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> Wait, you, what, you have issues. <laughs> What's this one? I don't think this is the right one. <laughs> oh, is it? Apparently it is the right one. Anyway. This nigga gay. <laughs> gay we're going to get canceled. No, we're going to get thrown off iTunes for having music, because apparently they do that now. So, oh. Um, Anyway. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, welcome to podcasting. We're then nobody will listen anyway. There you go. See, it's everything's a cover song. Everything's terrible. Nobody is having fun anymore. But anyway, yeah, that's the thing. They sent like an email fun. out. They're like, oh, by the way, we're going to be like YouTube now, and we're going to like have copyrighted stuff like that's get dumb. taken off. It's like, we're not making money. I don't care. So apparently, I, I don't know. Maybe if it's free if use. Like, I want a free use act. Maybe if you're getting advertisements and making money off your podcast, maybe you can't, but I don't know. I, apparently, they don't want fun. They want people talking. It's like, today on Real Estate News. You know, it's like, no, that's fucking boring. Not interested in that. We're interested in fun. So anyway, personal updates, because we don't have anything else going on, right? <laughs> that's a no, apparently. No personal updates. Car no personal updates. Stands. Yeah, because Phil's up with us here. So he's obviously a couple thousand miles away from home, so... The only people visiting him are his neighbors who trim his grass and Puerto Rican kids looking for something, which that video is <laughs> Ding hilarious. Ding dong, bitch. Yeah. Well, they were sitting there on your porch, like, pointing and poking the camera on your yeah. on your ring doorbell. <laughs> they got the shit scared out of him when I yelled at the, out the uh, camera. <laughs> yeah, they were doing that. Get off my lawn! No, he yelled, go away. I'm like, you're so kind. Maybe they were selling cookies for a bit. If it wasn't the third time they'd done it in as many days, I wouldn't have probably been well, as irritated. But oh, they had done like, that before? Okay, yeah, I don't like Jehovah's now. Witnesses either. Get the hell off my lawn. Oh, uh, Je- Jehovah's Witnesses don't come to my house no more. Well, ha- uh, oh, Why did you answer in your underwear? No, you answer the door with a shotgun in your hand. They they really uh, don't See, I was like hoping to come for back. the underwear. Oh. Uh, I gave them three chances also, just like I gave the kids, though. Mm-hmm. I did I did answer the door in the underwear, and they kept coming back, so it didn't work. Maybe they, they liked what they saw. Uh, those dudes were probably very happy. <laughs> my car is fun. My car is fun is over for a while until whenever I decide to go racing again. So Go to the Speed Bowl. I might want to go to Speed Bowl. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. 
Don't I even, don't know. Don't even change it. Just change the rear gear in it and put the, <laughs> put the thing on the racetrack. Put the Hoosier 800s on them. there and Yeah, everything. don't even change the motor. Just go out there. I will say, based on how the race went Saturday night uh, at Citrus County Speedway, probably saved me a clip not racing. I saw it was kind of a shit show. It, it was a little rough. Uh, there was just a lot of dumb shit going on. People just not being patient. You got wedge noses on the front of these things. You can't run into people. Yeah, I saw the pictures of the last lap, and the guys are all hooked together and shit. And I'm that, like, that was the 14 car good. of Adam's Bra- Adam Briggs just blocking hmm. worse than Joey Logano ever could. <laughs> Joey Logano. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Flipper. We'll get to that. Uh, anyway, uh, so my update is I uh, can't see out of my left eye because I suck, apparently. Um it's not really a racing update, but I've had problems with it since we went to New Hampshire, at least. Minimum New Hampshire. Because I woke up in the hotel room and my eye felt like it was welded to its eyelid. And, like, I tried to move it off of my eye or, like, move my eye. And it just, like, felt Why like Why do you it tell the people this? The stuff off. Well, it's, it's to, you, it leads because, into something. Because our haters listen to the show. And then if you ever, God forbid, ever make a mistake, uh, what's the matter? You can't see. Don't got two eyes. Well, he's not Bill McNeil. Well, no, because those people are idiots and I'm not. So, I mean, they can be idiots if they want. Um, Anyway, am I driving a race car right now? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean, because people are assholes, so. No, they're just stupid. And I don't care if they're stupid. I'm going to say Don't ever let anybody outside the family know what you're thinking again. (laughs) Besides, uh, so I went to the doctor, and they're like, yeah, your eye is all scratched up, so take these drops and go get this prescription. So I'm like, yay, I get to rub shit in my eye for a week and then see how that goes. Old man problems. Yeah, I guess so. It's like I didn't have these stupid issues until I started getting old, and then my eyes dry out. It's like, give me a goddamn break. Anyway, new eye doctor's pretty hot, though, so I appreciate that. Well, you could see that well, so that's good. I got the right eye. Anyway, uh, I was working a lot in the garage this week, just putzing around trying to get parts. I got parts ordered from the purse money that I got from Thompson, but I got some stuff coming in. I don't know when the hell it's going to get here. I think some's coming from Canada for some odd reason. I don't know what the hell's going on there. But I went in the garage, and I said, all right. I noticed that the icebreaker that we took the car over the scales, and I noticed that all the crossweight numbers and stuff all were different at the track and of course you're gonna you're gonna expect a little bit of parity at the track from your scales but like we were way off like i'm like two percent crossweight different between my scales and the track scales it's like this is way off left side weight's about the same but everything else is completely freaking different so i go in my shop and i pull my car out i throw it in the trailer i uh pull my scale pads out because my garage floor is terrible so i have to make pads to level a thing out and i measure them with a string level and i'm like this thing is yeah it might as well be a dirt floor it might as well i mean if i had a dirt floor at least it'd be easier to level it because then i could move the dirt and level it out better (laughs) but it's awful um i swear to god my my garage floor is like three separate pieces and it's just cobbled together shit like it's awful like there's one pad in the middle and then there's a seam, and it, like, steps up a bit, and it moves off to the side where they built a little lean-to workshop thing. And then at the front, it looks like they poured another pad that was way too thin, and some idiot poured it, probably. Because it's just... It, in the wintertime, it's got three giant cracks in the floor. In the wintertime, if it's humid and then, you know, it gets a frost, like, 
long freezing period where the frost gets underneath it, creates frost heaves and stuff like the highways. You could actually sit there and like measure how far the concrete moves up in my floor. I'm like, no wonder there's cracks in the floor. The freaking frost gets under it and freaking shoves the whole floor up. I'm like, no wonder I can't get anything right in this damn shop. So I went and I measured with the string level and I took measurements with the tape measure and everything is just completely screwed. <laughs> just screwed. Sounds like the entry to one at Thompson after winter. <sighs> it's awful. Like, it's terrible. So I, I went and I readjusted every scale pad in my shop. Every single one. I was out there for a couple hours, and then I had to go to my stupid eye doctor appointment, then I had to get the kid off the bus, and then I come back, and I finished the thing a few more hours later. <clears throat> what a freaking mess. I mean, I had to add like an inch and a half to the right front pad. An inch and a half. <laughs> not a half an inch, not a quarter inch, not an eighth inch. An inch and a, Take a two by four and throw it on the floor. That's it. Mm. That's how much I added. To the right front. Yeah. I added a quarter inch to the left front. Actually, it was more like three-eighths of an inch. Sounds like your garage is falling into the earth. I was going to say, maybe maybe he's got the sinkholes, not me, down in Florida. Seriously. I'm kind of hoping it just does fall in. Because I'll just get everything new again. Be like, here, home insurance, pay for this. You do it. Brand new race car. (laughs) Brand new shop. fall right down into Florida. Yeah, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to sink. Maybe it'll be warmer there. You're going to sink and end up in Florida. And I think I added... Like five eighths of an inch to the right rear, and then another half inch to the left rear. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this thing was completely screwed. Like, I'm so out of. I, I'm I'm not into it right now. So, just, what did the numbers on the scales do afterwards? Have you I don't know. Yet? No, I painted the floor every time I re-level the pads, which I've done three times. I paint the floor where the pads are. Yeah. The first time I did it in black. Second time I did it in blue. This time I did it in red. So I'm like painting outlines and stupid shit and i'm like i gotta wait for it to dry so the car's still in the trailer and uh it's just a freak <laughs> it's just a how am i this quick for having the scales be this wrong <laughs> maybe that's why i can't get the car to handle because this damn floor keeps going out of level i feel like going Every- pulling a bill mcneil and putting a a freaking excavator bucket in through the door and just ripping the man floor that out. was a good time right there too oh. we had fun with that mm. I need that. If anybody wants to sponsor me a concrete floor, I'll make you a sponsor for life. I swear to God. I'll just put you on the car. You know, Chris Mullen, I'm looking your way, pal. I was going to say call <laughs> Kathy and Albert. At, uh, oh, Kathy and Albert Moniz. They're, they're done with the whole racing thing, ain't they? I think they got rid of all the but cars. But then they're going to but... have to come all the way out from freaking Falmouth to my house. It's like two hours. They're on the Cape. Well, everything's two hours from the Cape. That's true. That is true. Except for the Cape. And mm-hmm. everything in Rhode Island takes an hour because there's no easy way to get anywhere. It takes two hours alone to get over the Bourne Bridge. Meh. <laughs> Especially in a truck. Fuck that. They ain't getting here. Yeah, I've done that a couple times. I just don't want to put them in that kind of a burden. But anyway, that's all the fun that I've been having. I don't even get to do racing stuff yet because my parts haven't come in. I'm doing all the boring stuff that you have to do to make yourself try Well, at least try to be faster. But... We did have a little bit of fun this weekend because, to be honest with you, I don't think I've done this ever. I I went to, th- well, maybe I did, but I went to three different tracks in three different weeks. We went to, and Jesse probably went too because he went with us. And uh, we went to Thompson, then New Hampshire, and then we went to Stafford this weekend. That's right. And we weren't there to watch. We were there uh, as respected members of the sporting press. What outfit you fellas with? Oh, 
Hired geeks. Yeah. Members of the sporting press are hired geeks. That's Please don't we shoot. <laughs> and don't get into that ether. Once you get into that ether, boy, that's the devil's gas mask right there. <laughs> the mother of God and angels, you put that down. So, yeah, that's what we were doing. We just didn't have press passes to do it. but we. So we were technically pressed. No, we were there for uh, Jonathan Puglio to film his... Uh, the day at the races for yes, Sid's view. yes. Vinny Beetle and uh, Mr. Reuter had us come out and film uh, a day at the races, which is what we did with Woody Pitcat and Stan Mertz racing uh, last season. It was like late last season, and we filmed them for like the whole day, like what they do at the shop, what they do when they get at the track, how they set up stuff for like pit stops and uh, practice and all. We do all we do everything. And it's it's we, more of a personal view because yeah, it's, we outline. We wanted to see what Jonathan has to go through and his father, uh, Godfather to his Jenko Abandando. And if you don't know who Jenko Abandando is, it's it's this gentleman here. I mean, you line that right up with your face. That's hilarious. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's him. I mean, his father is famous. How do you like my girl? This is my little angel. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you'll get this stuff. <laughs> Jesse's pulling out the we office memes in here. We don't have a $600 switcher, so I can't really put it side by side on a video. So. <laughs> here, watch this. Yes. yes. How do you like my angel? She's, she's beautiful. Sid could probably have added those in post. Only thing for me is my wife and children, you know? Poor Ed. Oh, Sonny. Anyway. What have I ever done to you to make you treat me so disrespectful? He goes. <laughs> so, yeah, we were there with uh, the Pulio team for the Mr. Reuter car and uh, the filming their day, which. Um, it was funny because it was absolutely no drama. Nothing was going on. Everybody was really laid back throughout the whole day. Yeah. Everybody was just chill as can possibly be. Everybody's and just it, doing their own thing. There's their, no panic. Their goal was just to learn and you know get the difference that staff between SK and then SK Light. They had a brand new car, you yep. know, top of the line stuff, and just trying to get it to work out, you know. And it doesn't help their day, you know. So they're not expecting a lot from the day, especially when he draws. Uh, picks 200 out of 200 out of the lineup, so he's starting last anyway. Oh, so he draws like me. Yeah, and draw, you know, just just. You know, first you need a little bit of luck anyway, and that includes drawing up in the top of the field. Yeah. So, but I don't think that's a great idea when you're first starting out. In a so division, you know, he so. was just trying to hang out and not make mistakes and do stuff that's you know, uh, learn and and grow and shake out a new car, you know, and have and some experience. You know, he was doing fine all day. That's what he was you doing. Know? Yeah, he was having no issues. There was no panic, no problems, no issues. No drama whatsoever. No. Nope. It was all good. Very and laid then. back. And then. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I don't even know how far through the feature it was. It was like 24 laps in, wasn't it? Yeah, very small amount. Very small yeah. amount of laps in. He was going forward, too. He was moving forward, yeah. He and, was going. Yeah. But you'll you'll get to see all this when we vid- when we release the video eventually. I mean, you all saw it on Flow. You've, you've read what happened to him, and you know, and, and from Sean uh, Crashane or Race ACT, and you know, we hope he he comes back because that 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 was, you know, I'm when I, I filmed the whole thing and I saw the whole thing from the infield, and as did I. Usually, I'm a. I'm a very well. I know this is going to be quite a good flex and, and whatever, but 
You know, I've done it for a long time, and I pretty rock steady, and I've seen a lot of crap and everything. So it it, it was very under out of characteristic when when I saw the when I saw the car jump up in the air like that. I actually yelped right into the camera. And go, oh no, because. When you, you know what that, happens when you jump up in the air hard. You're going to land hard. and That thing took flight. Yeah, he, he tried to launch to the moon. They should put SpaceX on the side that of that thing. thing. Was, yeah, that thing basically was. I mean, he was, had all uh, four wheels off the ground. So all four. When I saw him you know, get out slowly and then kind of collapse and, and start to you know, raise his legs up and be put on the backboard, and uh, that, that really broke my heart. It really threw me a wrong way because I just watched a, a, a very nice level-headed good driver young man become a very old man you know potentially you know as quick as that and it's just a very sobering reminder that you know listen I mean in this case this case however you know it, it was it, it's it was just a racing incident you know it was just things happen a couple guys got together you went up and over you had nowhere to go but it, it makes me think about all the times when it's not a racing incident. And some people either, A, don't know what they're doing and going, you know, not being aware of their surroundings, and or C, just overdriving it with that whole, little, you know, I think I'm down, heart garbage, <laughs> and, and wreck needlessly. And it's just like, you know, things can still happen to you in a race car. Things yeah. can still happen bad. I mean, the kid went out there in the race car, he didn't come back. He's still not back yet. Because he's still in the hospital. Yeah. So, he, yeah. One guy went out and he didn't come back. So, that's what... It, it gives me heartbreak and almost, like, anger, too. Yeah, But I this mean, case was different because it was, this case it was just a racing incident. I mean, they do expect him to heal fully. Right. But Vinny and, and uh, Eddie are doing the right thing. They said, look, kid, you're only 17. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of racing ahead of you, especially with the success and talent you have. We're gonna listen to the doctors. Like Vinny was adamant. He's like, no, he is staying the hell out of the car until he is healed fully, and the doctors clear him after four to six weeks. It's like, no, this is it. And I get that fully. You don't take somebody who's young, stick him in a race car, they get hurt, and then you just keep stuffing them back in the car. It's like just race through the pain. We were the dumbasses who did that years ago. Now look at us. We're all p- giant chunks of shit. We can't move. I'd rather have a broken arm than a bruised back. Yeah. 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 Like, he's probably yeah. going to be in a back brace. He's probably going to be all jacked up for a while. He's not going to be happy. No, he's just... It's going to be... It's sore, you know? He's going to be really sore and hurting. I mean, it's just not going to be fun. Um, but... Think of all the drivers that that's retired with back problems. Think yeah, of them all. A lot of guys. You know? Tommy Goudreau, Donnie Bennell, Jeff Smith, you know? You could name almost all of them. Tons of friggin' drivers. <laughs> Lots of tons you, of them. You hit the wall. Great you drivers. Hit, you know, you yeah. hit you hit the wall awkward. You hurt your back. You get hurt. In the, you get hit in the back of the car. You hurt your back. You jump over somebody and land hard. You hurt your back. You're so compressed in the seat, especially how tight you put your belts in, that yeah. you just you just squish. I mean, it just does not move. Yeah, you know? I mean, you can you can wrench down on those belts all you want, but just the insides are still moving. You know. Yeah, your back does not take to shock. You know I mean, that well. car, just Jonathan's doesn't. car, is the best of everything. You know, that oh, yeah. thing was, you know, yeah, that was right, a gorgeous car, gorgeous, well built, well, you know, just unbelievable. And, and that situation was literally—that's my worst fear in a race car—is all of a sudden 
everybody moves out of the way and you're facing another car head on. There's nothing you can do. Yep. He missed most of them. Yeah. Caught the left front, biked the thing, comes down hard, and I'm like, I looked at the car, and I'm like, wow, that thing's not hurt too bad. And then I see him get out, and I'm like, that's not great. Yeah, with no ride height, he just came down right on the chassis. Yeah, I mean, I've heard Adam Gaeta tell me that he hopped over someone's wheel at low speed, and the thing just kind of did a bunny hop and landed. And he says his back hurt for weeks afterwards. And he's, you know, like I said, that was a lot less speed than and a lot less height, but he still jacked himself up pretty good. But it's no joke. I mean, if a doctor tells you stay out however long, you should probably do it. Because yeah. a lot of these injuries, you can make a second one very easily. You could recur a lot very quickly, especially like back injuries and head injuries. You get a concussion, don't do anything until it goes away. Don't even do anything until next year. Like, just stay the hell out. You know, back injuries, wait till you're cleared. Wait till a CT scan says you're clean and you have no pain. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot of good, helpful advice there. So, yeah, uh, his race ended pretty prematurely. Uh, so, with a day at the races, we're two for two. Uh, yeah, two for two. Two cars on the back straight away. Yeah, if we're, we're not careful, Sid might not have any more people wanting to have cameras on his cars. Especially both cars ended up on two wheels on the back stretch at Stafford. So we're not doing great right now. Someone needs no. to sage the, the cameras. With the day at the races mm-hmm. deal. But no, I mean, it's just coincidental. It's only two races. If it was like 10, then we'd be like shunned from the speedway altogether. Next on Sid's view, day at the chassis shop. Yeah. <laughs> day at the garage. That's all you're allowed. You're not going on the racetrack. You wreck our cars. No, we've been blamed for that, though. Didn't Keith Rocco blame us for a while? Everybody who gets in a wreck says, I don't want your cameras on our car anymore. <laughs> Whenever we did Sid's view, every single person, I don't want those on my car anymore. I'm like, you know you wrecked because you wrecked, right? It's like cameras are not bad luck. You're Most just, of the time it's because you made a stupid fucking decision. Like yeah, your night just was shit. Sorry about your luck, pal. I had an in-car camera in my car at the icebreaker. I, I finished third. Yeah, I won so. the World Series with the, with the in-car camera. Yeah, you had the helmet cam with the microphone on it. And I also... You know, junk your shit, junk the, the shit at the World Series with the car cameras too. <laughs> I I so, honestly swore against cameras for a while, and now I've run seven straight races without a wreck mm-hmm. with a camera in the car. Yeah, they're so, not bad luck people. So I mean, so knock it off, seriously. You know, it's just uh, bad juju is bad juju. You know, I, I don't I don't argue with it. So anyway, we should go into since we're at Stafford, we should do the results because since our night ended quickly with uh, JP, and we feel bad about it. Um, we feel good about the fact that Tyler Hines picked up his first SK modified win. That, that was, was a good show. Just a killer race. That car was fast when they unloaded it. It was fast all day, and it was fast in the feature. I mean, I think he what he must have won his heat race because they started heads up. I think so. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the lap times; nobody was stopping him. No, and, and you were right. That is a brand new Keith Rocco built. Yeah. Troyer. It looked exactly like a Keith Rocco car. Like it yep. looks exactly how he did the body. And who did he have to fend off for the win? Keith Rocco, and that's a story in itself. Oh, Keith, Jesus Christ. Um gets wrecked in the heat race. I don't know who wrecked who, but I don't really care. Mikey okay. Flynn douched him. I don't I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. That's, it doesn't belong in an SK. I didn't watch it. So I don't know. But those two came in on the hook past us. So we're like, oh boy, here we go. Rocco, I guess he had the 
the axle tube completely out of the left side, like everything taken apart in a left side suspension or a left rear suspension. Flynn even made it back out. Yeah, that, barely. I mean, I'm glad everybody made it back out, but you got to make better decisions than that. You can't bomb it off in a freaking turn three on a heat race. Definitely not a heat that race. That was just a total rookie move. Go back to SK Lights and learn some more. But Keith managed to get the thing fixed. He had to start towards the back. He ran his ass off to get to the front, had a few cautions go his way, uh, just kept picking cars off. He was fast. I mean, I don't know what it is about Rocco, but he could wreck his shit in practice or the heat race and still come back and kick ass. Like, he doesn't need to even, you know, mess with scales or anything. Just throw the parts at the car, orchestrate, execute, and get it back on the track, and the thing's just fast anyway. Remember when they totaled the car at Waterford that night and they went and got the backup car from Thompson with the Thompson gear? And I remember Chris Forrester talking to Sid in the grandstand saying, there's no way he's going to win this race. And he won the race. What the hell did he do? He won the freaking race. He kicked their asses. Driving away. Yeah, kicked their asses. Mm Mm-hmm. He could probably because probably he could get to the throttle way early. <laughs> oh, was, he probably hardly ever lifted. Yeah, he probably just was in the throttle the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, that was just a killer run. Uh, Tyler Hines, I don't know what he used to run before, but his equipment was wicked outdated. But then they got this new car, and it's like, Yeah, he struggled shit. for a couple of years. He's got a new number. He's got a new car. Shit just lights out. And he's I think not, that's an entirely new team. It could very well be. I don't know. He was the 25. Now he's the 85. I don't know. Uh, I don't follow him very much, but hey, I mean. I'd, it's always whatever. nice to see a first-time winner. <laughs> and I think Ronnie Williams finished third. So, yep. yeah. Uh, I mean, if anytime you beat Ronnie Williams and Keith Rocco at Stafford, you're doing something right. And he had to survive like seven restarts, yeah. which was a lot. He he came close to losing it one time, and he fed Ronnie him jumped off. the start, and they didn't put him back. Yeah, well, but. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> I think they were waiting on it to see if he actually cleared him for the lead or not. But who knows? Anyway, uh, yeah, again, we were filming JP's car. He got wrecked. Um, that's all I got for the SK race. Jesse, you want to add anything? No. Uh, it was a very competitive race. You know, it's just. The SK's a Stafford. SK's a Stafford's probably the deepest modified feel you're going to get. It's hard to compare. It really yeah, is. It it's is it's really super tough. hard to compare. I, I had an argument the other day with someone about what's better, SK's or Tor Mods, and to me, SK's all day long. At Stafford? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think almost anywhere. At Thompson, Tor Mods. Depends. Tor Mods are NASCAR Tor Mods are better. But uh, SK's... Thompson is kind of tough. You got to, it's the corner radiuses and, you know, they're all different. And it's, you yeah. can't really just pass somebody. You got to nerf them. And it's like, it's just SK's at Stafford, SK's at Waterford. SK's Tor, at Waterford, definitely. Tour mods and sportsmen at Thompson. Sportsmen's before to- tour mods. Uh, yeah, that's okay. We'll put sportsmen before tour and mods. And late models are really close to the tour mods. They're kind of taxi cabs, but they are pretty good. They put on know. a good show sometimes. Yeah. They put about, on a good show at Stafford as well. Uh, I will, uh, Actually, you know what? I'll do That's it in, not a show. That's a brawl. Yeah, I like it, though. But I'll go in order. Do you, were you saying something? Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, Street Stocks at uh, Stafford was a was a real good show, too. God. Yeah. We're actually <laughs> I mean, getting into that one. I mean. Uh, <laughs> I love my Street Stocks. Uh, street Stocks. If you were watching that race, you'd be like, how did Chris Meyer win? Welp. The same way he lost the lead at the beginning of the race. Right. Getting moved out of the way. Yep. <laughs> well, 
I don't think it was really more than just hard racing at that point because everybody was just kind of land rushing for the lead at the end. It was between uh, Frank Latoile and Tyler Hydar and Chris Meyer. Chris managed to get to the bottom side, which is super advantageous when you're three wide, especially at Stafford. Uh, he threw it in. He had a bumper on uh, the eight car of yep. Frank. Just kind of stuck with it. I mean, I don't blame him in any way. No. Um I mean, if it's going to turn into a brawl, you know, uh, the brawler, you know, the guy with the most experience, it's like you give it, you, you got to give it. The, that's like Chris Meyer's wheelhouse right there. Well, Chris has it's the like, most. Oh, ex- you guys want to up the ante? Oh, okay, I can do that too. Chris, you know? Chris <laughs> has the most experience he's out a of the guy. out of the other two guys, yeah. but Frank probably has the most experience at Stafford. So and probably the best car there too. And Travis is kind of a mixture of both. He's he's still kind of new, but he still has enough experience to have more experience than Chris I mean, at Stafford. I mean, but the eight, he's the still kind of young, the, so it's we're the two best cars by far. But. I, I love oh, yeah. Travis to death, but the kid is a bull in a china shop. He's he amazing be. to watch. He can be, but he's fun to watch. He you know, he, he, is fun to watch. he reminds me of a younger version of Sean Monaghan. Get him, Smokey. He's not afraid to put the bumper <laughs> to someone to move him, and I I appreciate that. That's what I'm going to be doing this year. Get off of me. No, he you loves you. Vagina. <laughs> he doesn't have a vagina. He has an empty ball sack. Yeah, poor Smokey. Look at him. At least they gave him his sack back. He just doesn't have the balls to go with it. <laughs> he had a lot of balls to jump up on me. I hate cats. He loves oh. you. Anyway. He does it every time, too. But he loves people. Anyway, he didn't claw you or nothing. So anyway, they go into turn one. Chris has the inside by a bumper. He's there enough. You know what I mean? He's there enough. If you can make contact at, at about the wheel, you're there enough. Like Muffy said to me on the radio at Speed Weeks, clear with contact. <laughs> <laughs> so he, they made a little bit of contact, and it sent Frank just a little sideways enough to get into, uh, to get into uh, tra- uh, Tyler. Sorry, I almost called him Travis. Oh, wait, it is it Travis. It is Travis. I said, t- oh, it re- autocorrected on me to Tyler. Oh, it, uh, this is funny. Because I, I, it actually auto-corrected uh, Vinny's name, Vinny um, Beatles' name. It says Bunny. <laughs> bunny. We I need to get him a bunny suit. That's, well, at least I didn't read Bunny. I read Tyler instead of Travis. God damn it. I'm sorry, Travis. Um, yeah, auto-corrects a B, man. I got to turn that thing off. I'd rather misspell shit than get the wrong goddamn name. Anyway, so Frank and Travis. God. That sucks. I ran against the guy, and I can't even get his name right. They slid up a little bit, and it was it was like an action movie because as soon as they made contact and then clear, then Travis's car freaking catches fire. <laughs> I like, hated seeing heck? that. I was like, what is this? And it was on the right <laughs> rear, too, which had no axle, contact. Axle seal. Just an axle seal. Yeah. It's got to be an axle seal. They, they yeah. had been looking for a rear end for a little while, and I'm wondering if they just found one and threw one in the car. I've had an axle seal yeah. go because I had... I came across the line in 2018 at the icebreaker. I came across the line to finish the icebreaker. I think I finished like sixth or something. I don't remember. Fifth or sixth. And as soon as I lifted, the entire car fills with smoke. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And I smell it. I'm like, that's gear oil. And I get the thing all the way back, and I bring it back into my pit, and the fire crew follows me to my pit. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? And I look under the right rear, and it is puking fluid out of the Ugh. right rear. And I get the car back home. Luckily, well, I, apparently I puked oil all the way around the racetrack, and then all the Good way job. through, the, all the way through the pits. 
And then it just puddles under my car in the pit area. I'm like, oops, there goes all the nice fresh asphalt on the road course. I think Sucks when to be you guys, when all that oil came off out of the right rear of uh, his car, it screwed him over. I would have liked to see if that if that hadn't happened. That finish could have been really interesting. Well, you could see him slipping on his own oil. Yeah, he would have stuck right in, in there, three. and I, I think and it would have been three of them. It happened to me when we had drum brakes, but he had disc brakes, so they probably got a lot of disc, you know, a lot of rear brake in the car, and it's probably yep. getting a lot hotter. Lights right off. But I pulled my car apart, and what had happened was the entire axle bearing blew yeah. apart. Get him, Smokey. Yeah. <laughs> Can I help you? He's a nice kitty. Pet him. There you go. You're not going to lose any street cred by petting the kitty. Pet the kitty. I don't like cats. He loves you. Look at him. He's adjusting your microphone. (laughs) This is great video. There he goes. All right. So, yeah, I pulled. sticks his ass in my face. That's fine. It's It's a cat. It's better than a dog that licks your face after he licks his butt. That's true. I wouldn't want that. But I pulled the axle bearing out, and every single needle fell out of it. it oh. Like, the axle was just oh. slopping around in the housing. Oh. Luckily, it didn't gack the axle, but I guarantee that's what happened to uh, Travis. Probably. Yeah. So I hated seeing it. At least he's still finished, but... Yeah. I mean, finished on fire, but give her. Yeah. Can't see the fire. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that track must have been so greasy afterwards, because I don't remember... I don't remember them putting Speedy Try down. Um but anyway, yeah, Chris came around and uh, picked up the win. Again, I think it was just hard racing. I mean, it was a land rush. Nobody got wrecked. Nobody really got punted. It was just a little contact. And Hubby had a good run, too. Like Oh, Nick Covey. Racing. Yeah, Nick Covey finished that, second. That car came off the hook first practice. Yeah, he was on the hook. The thing was like the right front up. was beat off of the thing. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I got there late. But Kid's was, a good driver. Yeah, yeah, and he he pushed the issue there with Meyer and, and didn't get it. he didn't quite get there. <laughs> To, Can I help you? Get him. All he wants he, love. The All cat loves you. <laughs> He's like, I oh, will win you over yet. He loves cats. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Can't catch me, gay thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where is that? Where is it? Where, where is that? Is that this one? You can't catch me. Where, where is it? Oh, now we got to oh. find it, apparently. You can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be ready for this, Jesse. Come oh. on. Awesome. You're a anyway. professional soundboard engineer. This nigga gay. Oh, well. <laughs> He's, like, blocking him. If you see Phil's uh, camera moving, it's because the cat's moving the okay, uh, okay. the tripod. So now you're starting to it's really just, it's, mess up production here. It's extra content for the YouTube crowd. So, yeah, um, I know Nicholas Hovey, he, he was on Meyer's bumper. He didn't douche him either. It could have been his first win if he knocked him out of the way, but he didn't do it. He just drove up. Pounded the bumper once, didn't even get him crossed up, just let him know he was there. Chris didn't get phased because obviously it's just how he is. He doesn't he's been around too long to have that happen. Yeah, he's had that multiple times. And he picked uh he picked up a good win, first one of the year. Uh it was kind of redemption for Chris because he was gonna win the first race last year and he got turned around uh while leading. There you go, he's a big panda bear. Uh I wish people could actually see what we're talking about, but <laughs> can turn the camera. There he is. Meow. <laughs> Just wait for him to jump on you. Anyway, uh, limited late models. Alexander Fern picked up that win. I how many cars were there? It was actually a pretty decent like crowd. Thirteen of them. That's oh, about as. That's it. Yeah, that's a full oh. field of uh, Waterford late models too. 
So. I was going to give. I thought they had like eighteen. I'll tell you what, though, they still put on a pretty good show for not having a ton of them. They really got to just get rid of them. No, <laughs> get because rid of I them. think now you're going to see guys like Barnett and anyone that puts the new body on their car from Thompson. The rules are so damn close at this. They point. They are, aren't they? Yeah, we just change a carburetor spacer and put mufflers on, right? Oh, yeah. and tires. That's the, it. the roots held out, and they're going to win out again, just like they did with the damn late models. Playing the goddamn waiting game. Just stubborn just as Just proving hell. us dumbasses wrong. The long game. Got to play the long game, I guess. Got to get the long game in there. You know, I got to give them a lot of credit for doing it. I mean, sometimes being stubborn pays off. I like the Stafford off. late models better <laughs> than I like the act You know, models. I actually do, too. I really do. They need crate, crate motors, though. No. <laughs> No, no, that's like, why they're very good is because they don't have I that like garbage. Them. I like them the way they are. They're fine. They're fine. The Stafford late models? Yeah. They need a 604. <laughs> 604 oh, with a two-barrel. And uh, on the SK, 604 with a four-barrel. Make them like NHS TRA cars and see how it goes. Save some money for the racers. You don't have to rebuild them every six to eight races. You probably don't have to rebuild them until like three years later. Oh, here we go. Great. We'll have some single file taxi cab run to the bottom line racing. That's fine. I don't know. The street stocks were in single file run to the line. What do they got? They're all crates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck. He's like, I hate you anyway. They're right. Speaking of late models, yeah. Michael Bennett comes back in his own car and wins it. Magnum. I don't know. I don't like Should be called Magnets. On the doors. <laughs> because every car that ran next to him got hit Paul Dorothy style. It was funny to watch. Oh, I miss that guy. Remember that so much? I, I will say, when. Chowder. Chowder pot. I was sitting in the pit stands in turn one watching them oh, come at him. me. Sorry. When he went for the lead. Um, well, he was going for the lead early in the race, and Andrew Durand, I thought he douched Durand at first. Andrew Durand just turned down like he wasn't even there. He wasn't expecting. I don't think he was expecting Probably Bennett wasn't. to be there because he Bennett got crossed up. Well, I mean, you got a spotter. Yeah, Spotter's got to say yeah, that's, that's true. true. Looking, and low. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. But I think he was expecting Bennett to slow down a little bit after being for the bad crossed entry up. angle. But mm. you know, that's you know, that's ben, uh, Bennett's smarter than that. Yeah, <laughs> he knew that the, the, the forty three was going to help him turn. But the be you know, to, you know, got to do it. You know, Bennett just gathered it back up, and and that was it. That was that was all that was about. You know, Mike yeah. just gathered he, it back up. His car was absolutely out yeah. to lunch right after that, though. He dropped back to like seventh. Might knock the toe in. Probably had to figure it back out. Yeah, I don't know. He said, all of a sudden, it just the car changed and it came to him. Maybe it fixed it. <laughs> Maybe it fixed the toe on it. Who Maybe. knows? Maybe he bent it the right way. Yeah, you know, back in the day, if you hit the wall the right way, the car picked up a tenth, which was really kind of funny. I used to see guys hit the wall in practice just because it wasn't going right, and they'd see if it would go better afterwards. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> that was old school thinking. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, the Bennett car did go really good in the long runs, too. Just, I don't remember what They had that was. car right on, man. Whose car was that? Where'd he get that one? That car was Tyler Leary's car. That oh, was, that was okay. the one car, I believe, or the one uh, eleven, one or eleven, because I know he's the one in the SK. He's like the yeah one X in the SK or I'm something. Setting a record, I think. All right, set me a record. That's three beers in forty minutes. 
That's all we're in so Three far? Three and a half anyway. Because I had a half, too. Man. That's the third you one. Probably should, I'm probably glad you brought the box. Anyway. Damn. So, yeah, late, late models. Late style. How many late models they had? They had like 26. Yeah, 26. They had a Something lot. Like that. They get any more, they're going to have Concies. They have quite <laughs> a few cars. True. A couple guys moved up. Um, Andrew Durand. Andrew Durand and uh, T- uh, Bennett's kid. What's his name? Robinson. Zach, Zach Robinson. Robinson moved up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they that they're going to have some growing pains. Zach is a really good driver. A lot to learn. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a different, and I'm speaking from experience, it's a different feeling. You can charge the corner so much harder, and I could watch him. Once he got his groove, he was pretty good. But the first couple laps of a run, he was slamming on the brakes. Just too much, slowing the car too habit. quickly. Yeah, Everything is habit. You got to break a habit yep. and learn new new habits. And it's I think just so hard to do. By the end of the year, he'll be contending for top fives at least, if not more. Like, that's what I was doing with my car. But towards the middle to end of the feature, I finally figured out how far I could actually drive the car in. And I yep. was just running over Corey Fanning. I'm You're like, looking for that confidence. Shit. Yeah. It took a while to figure it out, but I hadn't been in the car since well, at, at Thompson over a year. So yeah, I don't know. you as well. You had a new package under the car with the locked rear and Might all that. Might as well have been a late model from yeah. you know, the late 90s or 2000s. I mean, right. it's basically what it was. It's just learning a new car. Is, it's fun, but it can be frustrating. Yeah. So, I mean, just, again, if you're watching these new guys and they're like, oh, they were awesome in their old division, but now they suck. It's like, it's a big learning curve, so calm down. And that's actually the old 14 car from Thompson. His old street stock? That's his old street stock. Oh, they just converted it over? After he and I think it was, was it Sundin or Waterman? Who who did he wreck really hard with and won there? Sundin, I don't, I think. Was it Sundin? Yeah. After that, remember. they, they kind of shelved that car and didn't go back. They focused on Stafford. And over the winter, they cut the cage off of, you all right? My eyes are fucked up. Got to give me a break. They cut the cage <laughs> off the chassis and put a new, new frame under it and... Car's nice. It's really, really nice. Him that's and Joe Rocket built a nice piece. That's what I did to Jesse's car when I built his car. I cut the cage out of the frame because it was uh, old Stafford late yeah. model, and the trailing arm mounts are all different, and the front front's all bent. I'm like, it just the cage is already built. Just cut it out and throw it in a frame. I did that with a mini stock too. And, and Zach is becoming one hell of a fabricator. Oh yeah, the work on that car that he did was unbelievable. Yeah. Makes me want a new welder. My uh, Harbor Freight one is not too great. <laughs> it's not good. I have the same one. It's you can terrible. get good results out of it. You can, but you don't. If you have a nice welder, you don't have to search as hard for it. No, you don't. <laughs> I need a new welding helmet too. It doesn't even auto darken anymore. My next shop investment will definitely be a Miller. Oh, I just I wish I could. Anyway, we're missing one more. I think the Granite State Pro Stocks Pro Stocks make a return to Stafford. Uh, I know that's a big boat of contention for a lot of people, but uh, uh, they've gone over it a lot lately. I think they've talked about it a whole ton on their podcast, uh, whatever it's called. Ah, oh, shit, I forgot the name of their show. Bottom Shot Podcast. Bottom Shot, yeah, that's right. Uh, it sounds like a dirty spring break thing you do in a bar. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Myrtle Beach is awesome. Take a shot of whiskey out of the butthole. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, don't quote me on this one. Damn. I, uh, any- <laughs> Damn. I think he's right. <laughs> Jesse's like, I never thought of that. Cancun. I want to try that. <laughs> Ass shots. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not going there. Um, Sid's going to be shaking his head. He's going to hate us. <laughs> but what do you um, put in the shot? 
Uh, anyway, what do you put in a shot? Jägermeister, because it won't you won't be able to tell it's the difference. It's got to have a really high alcohol. That's content. true. It's either that or tequila. Because, whiskey, you know, tequila. Once you do that, you know you're in trouble anyway. Whiskey so or you tequila might as well be is a the only thing you can do that with. Oh, good. Sid's back. Now he can hear us talk about this disgusting stuff. <laughs> hey, have you heard about the bottom shot? <laughs> And it's not a podcast. I'm afraid to even jump in here. Oh, boy. Did you hear about the bottom shot? No. No. Okay, good. I'm glad he okay, didn't good. hear about that then. <laughs> you will later. Yeah, you'll hear it later. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, it's not just the podcast. It's whiskey out the butthole. Yep. Anyway, um, he's done. Uh, <laughs> Granite State Pro Stocks for Ed Stafford. <laughs> Enough bottom shot talk. Uh, Joey Pole. Joey Pole. Polarchik. 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 I'm Polish and I can't say the name. Joey Pole won. <laughs> he killed him. Jesus Christ. He's he tra- so good. He freaking trampled him. Absolutely. Like, I-, I can't even come up with a good explanation. He just trampled him. I, mean, I really want to see over. Joey Pole go race down south with the super guys. Mm. I think he would give guys like I mean, Bubba and Nassi a run for their money. I mean, Derek is going south, and he's keeping up with yep. those guys. And I think Joey would definitely. Um, it's funny because there's a lot of guys that probably could go down south there. The, the Grand State Pro Stocks have really definitely formed like an identity sort of, you know, kind of like its own brand. Because now you got got you're starting to recognize a whole bunch of names like Joey Pole and Derek Griffith and like yeah, but Dave Darlin those... and the Corey Grassagrandes and and everybody else like that. So they so a lot of those guys you're starting to develop. You know, you're starting personalities and you can see like what they have to offer. It, and the level of competition is and very good. A Def- lot of those guys have made their names other places too. I mean, Dave Darling. I mean, he's a seven-time Seekonks Pro Stock champion. Yeah. And he's just fast anywhere he goes. I mean, you don't you don't become a seven-time freaking champion. Amp, yeah, Eddie McDonald. And Eddie and Mack is just a monster in anything a he steps in. Fierce. And then dude, a lot of these guys awesome. also made their names and pass in other Pro Stock races. Yeah. And uh, we have to shout out Corey Casagrande. Absolutely. I mean, P2. I mean that's pretty fantastic. I mean, mean the guy's got a lot of laps at Stafford, but yeah, heck, that's the, he I mean, was wheeling a really. Here's good, the guys he, he was really wheeling hard. Here's the guys he beat: well, Derek Griffith, yeah, Dave Darling, yeah, uh, Eddie Dave McDonald, Mac. yeah, Michael Sullivan, Michael. Well, Mike crashed Sullivan. early. Mike kind of crashed, but, but he was ahead of him. Yeah, Shaw. Oh, DJ Shaw. Yeah, yeah. No. he beat all these guys. Those are tough names. That's a good turnaround for for old Ca- Crash Grande there. So, <laughs> Crash's Grandly? No, <laughs> I like Nacho's Grande. Corey's funny. Corey's anyway, uh, <laughs> but that's an excellent run for them. Um, I was actually really surprised to see how well they did. I'm like, yeah, Stafford's your wheelhouse, but goddamn, you're beating a bunch of really good guys. Well, I think they got a brand new car this year too. So they got Is that a Fury car. I think so. It's a good car then. They've uh, they've been working hard over the winter. I think they have two cars, and uh, it, it was really good to see him. He's a good kid and hell of a freaking driver. I wonder how old Dino was going. Probably losing his mind. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, that was cool to watch sp- uh, some uh, pro stock action at Stafford again. That that wreck, though, oh, Jesus. in the one. Woo. Never had a chance to hit the brakes. He got turned around and holy it was, shit! Oh, Sullivan and who else? I forgot the I guy's name. I don't know name. what the guy's name was. Damn it! It was a '54 car, I believe. I didn't. I didn't catch it. I forgot. Oh, I can't. I'm looking for my phone. I'm using your it phone. To yeah, your camera. But I was gonna look at the results. Man, but they went in 
Shorten that thing up about three feet. Full, yeah, that's a front and rear clip. The fuel cell just emptied all over the track. Oh, really? We were yelling at him, don't try and fire it up. And he's sitting there. You can see the car rocking. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. <laughs> yep, here comes the fire. Can't wait. <laughs> I don't even know if a bladder fuel cell would have stopped it there. That was just a uh, I think that hit. was an ATL cell. It looked like it had the ATL writing on it. Hmm. That was a big hit. Yeah. Even was... with the... the what do you call it? Safer barriers there over in one. In in yeah, he backed it into the safer barriers, and I had a soda sitting on the the bench next to me, and it knocked the soda off the bench. Did you get a new soda? No. Oh, it was in a bottle. Oh well, you're good then. I was good. All right, so I think we got. Uh, what's it? Waterford had practice as well, so they're going to be coming up pretty soon, probably next weekend, right? Did anybody see car counts for what Waterford? For Waterford, I haven't seen a thing yet. I know Stone was there, but that's literally all I it saw. It was just practice. I mean, yeah. you can't expect a lot. A lot of guys are at Stafford, too. I mean. Well, they got their opener coming up, what, the eighth? When's the opener? I believe it's the week after next. I think they got to practice again this weekend, and then they open on the eighth. Yeah, it's okay. on the eighth. All right. Yeah, that's what, okay, yeah, eighth sounds about right. So, yeah, look for that to happen pretty soon. I might actually show up to that. I'm not sure yet. We'll Is drink it? beer in the stands. Why not? Because <laughs> I'm going back ne- the following week, so. Yeah, I'll, I might show up for that if I got nothing going on. Um, so I'll be two years in a row, Phil, that we made the uh, bowl opener. You're, we, you're right. Wasn't that the last huh. one before you moved down south last year? Yep. Yeah. Even oh, though it was right. a late opener. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, but still technically the opener. Yep. Oh, that's true. Anyway, I might as well run through some national results because we got something else to talk about at the end here. Uh, I watched the Arca race, which used to be awesome, and now it's not really awesome anymore. Uh, Arca crashing up. Yeah. I watched the awesome. highlights. It used to That's be awesome. all I needed. Arca races used to be awesome on, like, full, you know, the super speedways, because it used to be you had an Arca car because it was a hand-me-down cup or Bush Series car, and you basically could just take the thing out and go race an Arca race. Now it's got completely everything freaking different. I mean, it's just it's its own bespoke thing, and it's just it's stupid. It's boring. And those bodies suck. You can watch them just run around the track in a line, and they don't pass each other. They're terrible. The only thing I care about from the Arca race is where did Jankoviak finish? Uh, Eighth or ninth. He finished in the top ten. Not bad. They said they goofed up the gearing in it. And he could not get runs on anybody because ah. the gear was too low. And he could, if he burped a throttle, he lost momentum for like two laps. So he did good. Pretty though. impressive for someone that's building the car in basically a two car garage. Yeah, I mean, he's on his own basically doing this thing, kind of. Pizza delivery boy yeah. racing in an Arca. Pizza delivery boy yeah. racing Arca. I don't believe it for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Anyway, Corey Heim won that race. I think this he went two for two on super speedways this year. We'll talk about the fire, dude. I'm talking. Will you want me to just jump over everything? Yeah, jump right over it, man. Get into the fucking fire, man. We can't ignore Grandpa finishing second. We can't talk about 65 year old Dave Mater finishing second. No, he survived the fire, man. It was his first top 10 since 1991. And it was also the same year he won an ARCA race at Michigan. So hey, maybe he'll win an ARCA race. It's a long goddamn time. Good job, Grandpa. (laughs) Holy cow. But damn. I think he finished second to shit. What was his name who just died? Charlie Glotzbeck, I think, just passed away. So I think we should talk about him. I hope we're not killing people. No, no. We just, he already died. It's okay. I think he finished, Dave Mater actually finished second to him. That was the last time he finished top 10 since 1991. So 
Yeah, and Charlie just him. passed away, so. R.I.P. Charlie Glotzbeck, but um, bad, bad fire. Put for that fire, man. Bad fire for Derek Lancaster. Dude. He was battling for the top three. He got turned into the outside wall. The contact just kind of sucked him to the right, and he just he just kind of you know in. just made that quick overcorrection. And man, that thing lit up like a funny car, man. I feel really bad for him oh, because the fire awful. the fire got in the cockpit almost immediately. It must have knocked the crush panels out of it or something. Yeah. Seeped right through. I don't you know got what happened to it. The oil line right on the header. It's coming right just, out the window net. I mean, the thing was pouring out of all the windows, and he mm. was like John Forrest trying to whip the thing sideways, trying to get the thing to stop. Pretty heady move by, you know, putting that thing in the grass. Oh, That's pretty got, smart. Uh, you know, the, the grass kind of, the, the dirt really kind of helped out, put out the fire. Yeah, it resulted you in uh, second and third degree burns to his hands, arm, face, and neck, and He's expected. He was expected to be on a ventilator for at least forty-eight hours afterwards to assess lung damage. I don't have any updates Damn. on him afterwards, but uh, I think that's a good argument, though, for an actual traveling safety team that's trained, not these local teams that they come in and put on an AMR suit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the safety safari is top-notch, but you also got to think in terms of space. You go to a race. You go to a drag race. You got a quarter mile strip with another quarter mile or half mile after that. So you got one strip. That's it. And you probably got two, three trucks yep. to cover that whole thing. So they're always going to be there within seconds, or they'll catch you before you even stop. Sometimes they took a while to get to him. Yeah, yeah. This I don't is a know. two point I mean, six mile track. Where are the outlets? I th- it I, takes you a while to get out. You got to wait until there's cars gone. You can't just get killed like. You know, Juan Pablo knocking out the freaking jet dryer. You don't want to be that guy knocking into a freaking truck. Well, or what's his face at break. Richmond? Who did that at Richmond? They ran into the back of the damn ambulance. Yeah, but you know what? The oh, IndyCars yeah, yeah. have had to have that, too, and they run two-and-a-half-mile racetracks, too. They shouldn't. You know, and the, the two-and-a-half-mile races they should be at are on freaking road courses. No, they should definitely have a two-and-a-half-mile. IndyCars should be on short tracks and Except road courses. Except Indy. Huh? That's it. But, they, but they, have, they have a lot of space there, too, and they have a traveling... They're the, really one of the first to have a traveling medical team. That, that as comes as soon them. as the field passes, yeah. you got cars chasing the wreck. Yeah, Formula One has their own as well. I think uh, NHRA does, IndyCar does. I, again, I'm pretty sure they said NASCAR doesn't. So. Formula One has Oompa Loompas and yellow suits that operate cranes. They're incredibly good, though. I know they're the marshals and the the doctor ter- the doctor services for uh, Formula One. They're incredible. Oh, that's why Roman Grosjean is. Still alive. Let's not yeah. get into... I'm starting to lose the will to lose. All right, all right, hold okay, on. Okay, we'll move on. We'll I'm wait. sorry. This is Formula One. is just... Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I think oh, it, there is dumb. an argument to be made, but there is... I'm sure NASCAR could afford it. Let's be fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could afford it. They could have their own team. They could hire their own guys. They could have a safety. At some point, insurance is going to tell them they need to do something. Yeah, I mean, that was a one in... It hasn't yeah. happened in a long time. They haven't had a fire like that in a long time, or even an issue with fire like that right. in a long time. Very long time. So it's that's kind of an anomaly in my eyes. Before that, were people really complaining about the safety teams? Not really. There's been a couple situations. I think it's specifically our, our friend of the show there, Brian. Yeah, but I mean, I he does make good... I very vocal about it. He makes a good point, but again, it's it's difficult. You know, it's difficult. You'd have to you'd have to have a lot more trucks, especially in a lot of really strategic points on the track to yeah. get you'd have to basically blanket the whole track like every hundred feet in trucks and have somebody get there immediately. And it's like that's a lot. That's a lot of time, effort, and money. Mm-hmm. So 
So, I mean, we Plus, got, you'd have to transport it. You couldn't leave it at every individual track. So, yeah, you got to have your Doctor Steve Olvies. Yeah, the AMS doctor. That's true. Got to have him. So, moving on, uh, Jeff Burton or Jeb Burton, I mean, <laughs> wins the range-shortened Xfinity race at Talladega. So, good for him. Uh, People are going to call that a fluke, but he led quite a bit of that. race. He was up front all day. Yeah, yeah. it's like Michael Waltrip's second Daytona 500 win. The guy was leading all day. What the fuck's the difference? Yeah, you know. Anyway, everybody um, wants to discount people, and it's it's just because they Twitter can't do trolls. it themselves. But I, again, I don't really remember anything of any note coming from that race except for it it ended before all the fun started. It basically, it's just like <laughs> every other plate race. It was thirty four to go or something, and the thing whoop, rained out. Sorry, a hundred laps of oh, abject shit. terror, waiting for the big one, and then up. Okay, there's a big crash. You know, cut, rinse, repeat, always repeat, Homer Simpson. And you, you, we're done. Oops. That's all you got to. That's all you got to do. It's basically every other play race that's out there. Oh well. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Next. No, didn't really watch it. I did watch it, but I'm like, I didn't, must have fallen asleep because I didn't see anything or remember anything. I didn't even see it. Sorry, kids. Uh, and Brad Keselowski won the Cup race at Talladega. I believe he became. Uh, he tied Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. for most wins at Talladega. With obviously, six. Yeah, with six. Dale Sr. still leads that category with ten. Yep. Uh, he said it's really an interesting company to be in, and he's very honored to uh, be in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his It'd be interesting to see if he could get to ten. He's really, really, he's really good, good at those there. tracks. He's really good. He just hasn't won a Daytona he's good. very much. He's, his uh, his uh, teammate that always wrecks them wrecked out early this time. Flippy Logano. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Joey. Oh, boy. He went for a wild ride, flipping down the back stretch. I saw that, and I'm like, he won't be happy about that. And then he landed on his like driver's window. I'm like, ouch, that probably hurt. <laughs> it hurts when you land like that. Like, think about landing flat in a modified on your back. Anything cage think about landing related. upside down. Yeah. On, and your shoulders must be wiped out after that. That's why I like these kids that race champ carts, and you see them get upside down. That's a hell of a ride. Yeah, that hurts. I'll tell you what, though. The footage that came out of Daryl Wallace Jr.'s car, the in-car camera on that, when he's driving through and that thing nicks the roof like that, Holy that is, crap. I'm, I don't care who you are, that is Emmy Award winning footage right there. That, that is, was an uh, amazing shot. I hope DoorDash can deliver underwear because he <laughs> needed a new change of <laughs> that's, them. That's it. Yeah, he needed some new shorts. He claimed that too. He said that he needed them. He's like, I, don't blame I him. filled my Lord. pants. I don't blame him. Yeah, you know. Right. He did a great job though, because he was going right towards Joey, yeah. and he managed to jerk the car to the left and not spin it out. Yeah, yeah. Because he could have just tail slapped Joey's car as it landed. He could have. He could have made a too big correction, but he didn't. Yeah. We're gonna but, get haters though. Everybody's gonna think we like Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I right, don't yeah, care. Uh, oh yeah, you know. But you know, we're we're fair. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't like I don't like Joey Logano either. But you know what? I like what he said. You know, enough is enough. And when it comes to these plate races, and it's it's going to take either a the death of its most popular driver, which which again, is which, it made a lot of which headway. is uh, probably Chase Chase Elliott. Elliott this is his most popular driver. God forbid that happens. Quinn I don't want Houff. that to happen. Come Quinn on, Houff. Poor Quinn. I like Quinn Houff. He's a nice. Tried boy. to pit from the top lane again. JJ Haley did the same thing, you know, in 2003. He did that at Phoenix once, and no one gave him any garbage for it at all. Yeah, but Quinn Huff sucks because he's a spoiled prick. Be- because anyway. Maybe because JJ Haley's a, a triple crown winner in USAC, and Quinn yeah, he's, he's actually like everybody else. Worth but, a shit. Quinn Huff won a know. mini stock race or something. Yeah, something. Sorry, like mini that. stock guys. 
But yeah, it's going to take you to that. It's either going to take you to the death of Chase Elliott, God forbid, or it's going to take uh, a car like 15 rows up into the grandstands in order for them to figure out. We've almost had to, that a couple times. That. Carl Edwards. Oh, he went for uh, yeah. Kyle Larson in the Xfinity race. Well, uh, nationwide yeah, race the that damn one time. Engine out of the car. Yeah, yeah, they, they will, they'll the put the driver's side window in the Dillon. car. And, yeah, Austin Dillon. They'll put the driver's side window. They'll put all this aerodynamic stuff to put the nose on the ground so that every time you run over the dirt, it rips the nose up. All in the name of keeping the cars out of the air. No matter what you do, you're never going to get these cars to stay on the ground. You bing, center bang, punch boom. one, it's sideways, and it's going to make the chassis unload, lift, get air under the car, and you're going over. Doesn't here's, matter. Here's the fun fact about engineering. You can do as much testing, data, and engineering, and all this other nonsense that you can. And it's like, oh, yeah, they do a great job of keeping the cars on the ground until they get hit by another car. That's a variable you can't engineer out. It doesn't matter how much you try to keep the cars on the ground. Joey Logano was not going to take off when he spun out until he got hit. Yep. Once it unloads the chassis because you get hit, guess what happens? That little bit of air that packs under the car now. He's gone. Yeah, it just look at Brendan. It. Look at Brendan gone. Same thing. Got turned around. Hit. Whoop. Straight in the and air. And the biggest reason for it too is that car is so broadside. As soon as it's in the air, just the lightest touch. Oh, it's got so much side force because yep. it's such a big panel on both sides. Pull those stupid shark fins off the cars. Pull the right side windows out of them. Give them a 550 engine. Take the restrictor plate off and fucking slow them down with gear. Take, take it the, a four inch ride height too. too. All the way around six the car. Inch. There you go. I'll take six. Make the suspension work. You know, make them, they have take to the, get separation. Uh, Got to take the spoiler off. You too. have to have separation. Let them play with their own spoiler. You have to be again. able to go into the car <laughs> like you go into Richmond or Darlington or Bristol or any other track, and you need to get separation. You need them to go fast down a straightaway and make them lift off the gas and hit the brake. It'll create a lot of separation. Once you do that, you have to create separation, and that is what gets rid of accidents is separation like that. Well, and if you yep. invoke fear into the drivers, if they're scared of what could happen, maybe they'll make better decisions too. So I do have Thank a, you. Yeah. I do have a quote from Joey Logano. He said, I guess I don't know what to think. It's a product of this racing, and on one hand, I'm so proud to drive a cup car that is safe that I can go through a crash like that and get out and speak about it. On the other hand, I'm mad about being in the crash at all. The other thing, I'm just happy to be alive. On He keeps saying the other hand all the time. I'm just going to skip that. How many hands does he have? He's got about four at this point. Oh, uh, I think we're, I think when when are we going to stop? Because this is dangerous what we're doing. Well, no shit, pal. Uh, I got a roll bar in my head. This is not okay. Uh, I'm one hit away in this same situation, uh, or I'm one hit away from the same situation Ryan Newman just went through. I just don't feel like that's acceptable. It, a lot of it is the big spoiler and these big runs, the pushing and all that. It's no one's fault. They need to try and go, and Stenhouse is trying to go. It's product of this racing. We have to fix it, though, because someone's already got hurt, and we're still doing it, so that's not real smart. I have a quote from NASCAR. Okay. But did you die? Ciao. You couldn't hear it, but... But did you die? Basically, <laughs> yeah. Did you die? I got shot. But did you die? Ciao. <laughs> that's a big echo. But did you die? No, that's why. 
Well, it's there was a lot of duh moments in that in that quote. It's like this is dangerous. What we're well, no shit, buddy. Racing is dangerous. You're going 200 miles an hour, two inches off the bumper in front of you, two inches off the bumper behind you, and two inches off the door next to you. Yeah, it's dangerous. That's the problem with a lot of these entitled little kids that are silver spoon fed all the way up. Those they they forget about the danger. Guess what, Joey? I would take your seat in a heartbeat. I don't give a shit about the danger. I don't care, but he, but he's right. He is right. I'm yeah. saying he's wrong. I'm saying he's just don't state the obvious. He's right, but we need to, you know, we we just need a change. And and NASCAR don't give a crap about warning signs. No, they don't care about warning signs. They care about entertainment value. Once somebody dies, that crash then generates clicks, views, everything. It's going to be on a promo loop for the whole next year, just like Ryan Newman's was. He didn't die. No, he didn't die. Up. Oh. Boys pause peeing. for peeing. Pause for peeing with the door open. He's a boy. <sighs> Thanks, Raj. <laughs> we don't really do that. Anyway, uh, last... What do I do, Lord? Destroy the child. Corrupt, Corrupt them, all. them all. This is their plan, people. These are demons. Hi, bud. <laughs> I'm running out of funny juice here. Jeez. If you want some, I got a whole box of No, there. I don't want your funny juice. You're that almost is, out. That is absolute swill. We're getting there, bud. Getting there. <laughs> so, for our for our last Flush. actual for our, for our last Flush. actual segment we have that's about you know the, the level of professionalism he that probably you has would, that muted. you would think of with this podcast yeah there's a random flush in the background and peeing and there's cats and there's all sorts of welcome to my life so cats and pee a lot of it that's your life I have crippling depression there's a lot of poo mixed in there too um anyway. Bottom shots? No more bottom shots. Oh. Um, so our last major topic we'll cover today is we are going to give everybody a little preview, the sneak preview of part six of the Vault Productions documentary series. It covers the Waterford Speed Bowl from 2005 to 2014. You can catch it on uh, www.youtube.com slash SidsView. And you can you got to go over and subscribe to them because you can watch those documentaries. You can watch the old episodes of Sid's View. You can watch us. Uh, and we have Sid on with us right now to talk about it. And, jeez, uh, I got to watching it yesterday. And I'll just inform everybody right now it's about three hours and 47 minutes long. Oof. But let me tell you something. You're going to watch all three hours and 47 minutes of it and not get sick of it. Like, I watched all of it sitting on the couch, in the garage, on my phone when I was going to bed. <laughs> like, just made a whole night of it. Nice. But nice. it covers a lot. And, uh, Sid, how the hell long did that take you to edit? Well, first of all, I want to say that's, like, the best compliment as an editor, that uh, because it's so long, but it didn't feel that long watching it, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, this one was tough for a lot of reasons. It was... Um, you know, I just I, I kind of had some some technical issues behind the scenes that, you know, I've shared with you guys just basically, you know, uh, without getting too video techie about it. You know, this project was basically just much bigger than than the capabilities of equipment we had, um, you know, especially when we first started, you know, like, and yes, I think the first maybe 10 interviews we did was in standard def. I mean, we we've come a long way since we started this thing and. And we've done a couple of them over. Um, you know, there's still a few that I wish we could do over, but 
I mean, listen, it was it was a labor of love. You know, the fundraising long, uh, you know, dried up on this one, and and so we kind of we got to this last one, and it was challenging because a lot of the footage was Sid's view footage, and um, you know, I didn't want this to to be Sid's view. So th- there was actually a couple clips that I wish like I wasn't high on and stuff, you know. But then there's other clips where the commentary kind of fit well to to what it was and. And to be honest with you, you know, what we made with Sid's view was part of that era. So it, it, it does kind of fit, you know. Um, so there is one piece of commentary you speak of that will give me nightmares for as long as I live. And it was Jay Lozniak's mother running down the stairs after right. filming her son flipping down the front stretch. And when you watch this, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because it's like, yeah. my mom comes and films our races, and if and I could just picture her seeing us do that and probably get the same reaction. And I'm like, dear God, <laughs> I feel right. for you in this moment. And this was like, I don't know, 15-plus years ago. I'm like, holy crap. That was if a- I remember correctly, that, that wreck was on that, that old show, Destroyed in Seconds. It was. In the- Rescue yeah. 911. No, Destroyed and in I Seconds. Be- yeah, that yeah. too. I believe that, that his mother's footage was in there. It was. And um, so, but, uh, I, I mean, it's hard to find that episode anywhere. I don't think that show is, like, streaming or anything. But anyways, but I got that footage. I bet you I um, could find it. Maybe. The funny thing about that was I had always had that story, and then, you know, years ago, actually, Nate Todd, for those who don't know, the Jay Lozniak flip that, you know, it, it was a late model race, and then he he got airborne off of Alan Coates, and Alan Coates had spun because Jay Stewart and Bruce Thomas uh, wrecked uh, battling for the lead, and there's a whole backstory to that, you know, how that came. So it, it's a really cool story arc. And um, so, but I, I, the two most important players in that story is Glenn Thomas Jr. and uh, Jay Lozniak in terms of, you know, telling the story on screen. And we just interviewed those guys, you know, within the last few months. As a matter of fact, Jay Lozniak, we sent the camera to his house. He lives in Florida down near Phil. And we sent the camera. I sent him a camera package and he FaceTimed me and me, him and his girl figured out how to do it. And, and it, it looks great. And, and, uh, you know, we were never really able to get Bruce Thomas Jr. to do an interview with us, but Glenn was awesome, and he he spoke. You know, he's he's in the the doc quite a bit, and um, but he definitely gave us the the you know the Team Thirty Five perspective. Um, you know, uh, ironically enough, we had interviewed Jay Stewart, and um, as I do with all the um, interviewees, I give them the questions in advance, and I tell them. You know, if there's certain things that you don't feel comfortable with, you know, we can just skip them, you know, because I don't I'm not like a Dateline NBC. Yeah, you don't want to do a cold chaser type interview. interviewer, you know. And yeah. but unfortunately, when it came to Jay Stewart, who, you know, he's he's been around for close to 30 years at the bowl. That was the only thing he didn't want to talk about. So so unfortunately, we don't get his perspective of it. But um, yeah, it's still a, a great piece. And that footage of uh, that's from Jay's mother is is it's kind of tough to watch to be honest with you but it, it's very compelling uh video and, and you know looking back on it i mean that was a vicious wreck i mean the, the more i watched it and was editing it i'm like wow man this guy really that was that was pretty intense yeah. i wasn't actually there that night to be honest with you. It was one of the few nights i missed yeah um i was actually surprised to see how much glenn was in it but thinking back it's like you know the guy was there like every week in the trenches so he ha- he always had just like hands-on perspective 
So he might not have been there driving or be, being anything more than really a crew member and a fan, but he was, again, in the trenches with all these guys. Yeah, he could so, relate and yeah. give a good story about it. He's a very good storyteller. Yeah. Absolutely. So it offers an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things that you know I've learned like when interviewing people is these drivers that are actually fans as well are really good interviewers. And if you look back like in this one, part six, like what you said about Glenn – Rob Janovic, Tyler Chadwick's interview was really good. My cousin Rich Brooks, uh, Josh Galvin. Those are guys that, you know, are not only Sean Monahan, they're, they're not only racers, but they enjoy watching the races. And, and when it comes to interviewing, those guys are give great stories. They really help tell the stories. Yeah, a lot of the stories I'd actually never really heard, especially from the management perspective, like Terry Eames and his interviews gave a lot of uh, business perspective. And I know that he was incredibly forthcoming. At least he sounded really genuine and forthcoming with his interviews. And I was actually taken aback by a lot of the stuff that he said and went through and stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, it's it's very had... refreshing to find the nuts and bolts of what it takes to run a racetrack. Yeah. and it's Very, very informative. I absolutely won't hide behind the fact that I was an obvious detractor back in the day and uh, we all getting, were, man. We I think all we all were, and I think we, you know, yeah. a lot of us grew out of it, obviously. But getting this perspective is incredibly refreshing. I think it's a, it's a story that genuinely just needs to be told, not only for the speedbull's sake, but probably for a, a race promoter and an owner's sake. And I think it does an incredibly good job at that too. I appreciate that, and I got to tell you that one of my best decisions. Uh, was to ask Terry to do a second interview. If you, you know, I, I use some of his first interview in this, but a majority of it was from the second one. And the first time we interviewed him, um, you know, the, a lot of that was, I think that was, I want to say it was mi- maybe 18 months after the auction. It was less than two years. And so when it was about the early stuff, like what that was in part five, he was great. And then by the time we got to the part six stuff, he, it's not like anything he said was bad. You could just tell like the wounds were still fresh, you know? And I really kind of wanted him, you know, like I had done in the previous ones, for those that have seen all of them, you know, there's, there's a great farewell segment about the Cordaway family. There's a great one about Dick Williams. There's a great one about the original owners, Ben Venuti and, and, and Brower and all them. And, and I wanted Terry to have that same kind of thing. You know, this series is, is um, structured around the operational control of the track. And so I, I text Terry when I kind of started getting into this editing and was like, you know, listen, man, any chance you want to do a, an interview again? I think it was a, a couple of years later. I'm like, you know, maybe the wounds aren't as fresh. And he was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm just thrilled that we decided to do that because, um, you know, there's there's probably about six or seven people that have watched it. And almost all of them have said what you said, Brent, was that they have a new perspective on, on Terry. And, and a lot of that, I think, is because he was really open and honest about a lot of things that that you know he didn't really talk about that much when he was um, operating the track, and I, I think that really kind of makes this a, a even more compelling uh, finale to the series. Yeah, and it's funny. It's like wisdom is gained through life experience, and I kind of wish that I had that you know that perspective and that life experience before I would say something stupid on like an anonymous chat forum or something dumb. Right. You know what I mean? It's or on yeah. the Pearl forum or something. It's like God, I wish I just wasn't that guy. You know, and, that, yeah. and you gain a you gain a better appreciation, and especially with the honesty. And I, you know, it's if it's if anything, it's a great life lesson for later on. So it's again, it's a compelling story, 
it's a long story, but you know what? It's it's there's so much going on. It's like you have to tell all the stories. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be long anyways. It would have been over three hours, but you know, if I didn't have those hiccups that you know behind the scenes that kind of delayed me from releasing this when I wanted to, like around Thanksgiving, if I didn't, if I wasn't going through this you know slow torture behind the scenes to get it done, I would have done more editing. You know, it, it sounds weird, and I'm sure Jesse, you know this. It, it sounds weird, but to make a, a shorter video, you actually have to do more editing, and, and with all these films. They started out longer. And if, if I wasn't way, be, you know, I really wanted to just get this done before the season at the bowl started. And so if, if I had more time, I probably would have trimmed it by another like 20 minutes. Um, but I just, you know, like, I'm uh, first of all, I'm super excited for everybody to see it. And I just figured, what, listen, three hours and 20 minutes, three hours and 47 minutes, it's long. Like, if you want to watch it, you're going to watch it. Those 20 minutes aren't going to make a difference. So I just figured, you know what, I'm just going to leave it here. And the more, the better. And, you know, let's just let everybody add it so they can see it. People are going to ask any, for, for more footage anyway. You know. Or there's going to be those comments of, you know, how come you didn't do this story? Or how come you didn't say more about this guy? And, you know, yep. you, fo- you, did a, you did a lot of focus on the guys who were incredibly pertinent for that time. Like, yeah. who were the guys who won the most in each division? What were the biggest stories in each division? covered all of them with a lot of depth and a lot of different perspectives and i think it again everything that happened was a story that was very pertinent to the history of the track and it all needed to be told no no cutting it out no nonsense and a transformation tell the story for you know? for it's it's uh for what's going on for the common for the current day yeah everything yeah. especially like the, you know the accolade models and everything else that got kind of like these little transitions and uh just a little bit like how in putting it together kind of to what you said brent you know i i made a, a conscious effort that i was going to recognize every track champion ever at the, in the speed bowl and, and actually as as the years went on in terry's era when you had wild and wacky wednesday i mean there was a ton of champions and they had those saturday showdown champions and to be honest with you i, I actually didn't live up to that to be honest with you i mean there was a couple there's some women in wheels champions i think they did wacky race champions i mean there, there just wasn't enough to go in there but to your point, Brent, what I would do is make sure I got all the champions from every division, and then I would look at their career wins list and see, like, who who won a lot but wasn't a champion, you know? like And, you know, along the way, that's Don Bunnell and, and Dick Casso and Ken Cassidy Sr. and John Porter in the Super X cars. And, you know, there's a bunch of them that were, are, were people that, you know, raced and you, and you talked about and were relevant even though if they weren't a track champion. Um, you know, the Monaghan brothers in the SKs or I mean, there, there's a ton of them. But um, so after you kind of make sure you recognize everybody that was accomplished, then it's about, OK, let's you know, what are the most compelling stories? And, you know, in this one, it's the, it's the Lozniak flip. It's Terry dealing with the foreclosure. It's, you know, Nicole Morgillo winning. It's Keith's national championship. Um, you know, there's a ton. To be honest with you, we're talking about how long it was. I mean, there's stuff that I took out, you know, like the Steve Barrett moment. Um, you know, we're, we're actually going to do, we're going to actually tackle that in another series. So it's not that, uh, once I decided that we were going to do that in, in our upcoming vault series, um, you know, I called Steve and said, Hey, this is what we want to do. And because that was a great moment, but I mean, listen, you know, that, that story in itself deserves maybe 10, 15 minutes. And we're talking over four hours. It's like, you got to stop somewhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I made some some decisions of like, okay, we're going to take Steve's story and do that separately and interview Steve and the people that built that car and that whole thing, because that's a great story. 
And, uh, you know, just kind of had to make some decisions that. So, I mean, that just speaks to how many great stories there were. And because we were there filming all the time, we have a ton of the footage, you know, so there's, there's a ton of stories to be told. Yeah. And uh, what's funny is if you hung around the Speed Bowl for a long time, especially like we did, you see a bunch of names of guys who basically came, had success, and then they're gone without a trace. Like a guy yeah. I was thinking of was like Billy Gertz. I'm like, the guy came, right. showed up, he had won, you know, won a handful of races, and then it was gone. Yeah, I was he, like, yeah. where the hell did half these guys go? You could go? do a whole series <laughs> like that with with where are they now? You know, disappeared. Like, yeah. Jim yeah. Pont. Pan. <laughs> Jim Pont. That's is on the, one of those that's guys, on the radar you know? to do a series like that yeah. is definitely on the radar. Yeah, I always thought of Tucker Reynolds Jr. in him that too. in that vein. You know, yeah. he came and won a t- he, he went up from the pure stocks and duros up to the SKs and started winning right away and then dropped off the face of the earth after like five years. Yeah. 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 The brightest star shines the shortest. Burns twice as bright or something like that. Lives half as long. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are a racer and you actually watch this and you spent a lot of time around the speed bowl, I'll be honest with you you're going to get the itch to kind of go back. Like, I I was like, man, I I almost want to go no. race there now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know? Well, it's, I mean, I don't know, Phil, you were there last year. I mean, to me, when you're in the pits, or, or maybe if you guys are racing on the track, it's the same. But to me, like, the, the, you know, what we had, Sid's view, like, Jesse, we're, we're never sitting in that spot again all those years that we filmed Sid's view. Like, that that configuration from the fans' point of view is gone. And uh, so, you know, at least from my perspective of what we did all those years, that's even before Sid's view, going back to when I came back in 99 when my cousin started racing. I'd been sitting in that same spot forever, and I'm like, I'm still kind of like heartbroken that that it's not there. I mean, it's different, you know, and that doesn't mean that I don't want the track to survive or or see it flourish, but it is a different track. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's just – it's a different – it's a different place to see racing now. I mean, that's just that's just facts. Really. At, at the same time, though, it's still the same old bull. They still have the same bullshit and drama in the pits and on the track. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is, yeah. But I mean, it, it it's a very interesting perspective. It is it again, like I said before, it is long, but you're gonna enjoy. If you love the speed bull, if you love racing, if you love racing history, if you love watching this stuff. You will sit through it. You will watch the whole thing. You never get bored. There's nothing weird. There's nothing. It doesn't feel. It doesn't long. hang. It you doesn't I mean? feel long. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. I can't wait to watch you know? it. You know, you watch one of these movies like Lord of the Rings, and you're sitting there like, "Oh my god, they've been walking for two hours." Dude, Lord of the Rings feels long. Yeah. This the doesn't Irishman, feel long. The Irishman was like the longest movie I've ever sat through in my life. Yeah. Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was oh, miserable. Oh. Do you guys remember way back when we had a rain out in the Sid's View days and we and we came to my house and went in the man cave and filmed like confessional interviews about behind the scenes? Remember when we did that? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. In that interview, when we talked about the doc, I remember Jesse's quote of saying, you know, once we're done, it's going to be all on Sid for the editing. And and like I kind of knew what he was talking about, but like I really hadn't we hadn't even completed a film. I, I think it was a couple of years away from cl- completing the first one. And uh, I think about that quote from you, Jess, for years as I was editing this. I'm like, God damn, was he right? Like, and this is a lot, you know, and it, <laughs> I, I really couldn't. If, if I had to guess is there's it's got to through all six films. It's got to be 
it's got to be like 4,000 hours. I mean, it, you, you know, know when over I, the course I, of like seven years. <laughs> I made a movie about subway musicians in New York City with, well, with numerous people in Manchester. And we had about, and we had a lot of footage. And what we felt like what was a lot of footage was like literally only 130 hours. And that took us forever. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a long time. And you got, you got a lot of footage to log. You have to log to, you, you have to timestamp. You have to build a write storyboard. The, yeah, build a storyboard, write descriptions of every bit of it and what you, what you found. So we probably had you don't have hours of just interviews for this project, you know, not including the massive video archives, not only of our stuff, Sid's view, but, you know, I have basically the whole quarter wake era on VHS. I mean, there's the, the hours of, you know, and that's what actually makes, you know, that helps tell the story. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many resources, photos and, you know, speedway trade, trade papers. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate that I, I have a lot of those archives to tell the story. And the other thing is that, you know, the speedboat keeps changing hands. You know, you could you could do a documentary on Seekonk or, or Thompson or, or Stafford, but they've had the same ownership, you know, yeah. or most of them. I think they Seekonk and Thompson have always been owned by the same families, if I'm not mistaken. I believe and so. The Stafford, Vendettis yeah. Yeah, Vendettis and Vendettis and Honings and, have and always Honings, owned right? those tracks. Yeah, and, and Stafford's over 50 years now with the Arut. So at, at least, yeah. And, and they could have challenges that you could tackle in a documentary, but they wouldn't be like the speedball. I mean, that's 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 half of the compelling story, at least for me, is that, you know, all these ownership changes and, mm-hmm. you know, just the inner turmoil of the original board of directors to the friction between Dick Williams and Harvey Tattersall to the roots thinking they were going to buy it. And then the quarterwigs swooped in and, and I don't want to say stole it from them, but like nobody really heard of the quarterwigs and they came in, everyone thought the roots were buying it and the quarterwigs came in and, you know, there's still a little tension between the quarterwigs and Terry that we sensed during their interview. So like, there's just, you know, there's just all kinds of drama off the court. Like it's, there's, there's no other track that has that, that sort of lineage in their history. Could, could you imagine if the roots actually bought that place? Where it yeah, would be now. Be, the story be would no, be nowhere near the same. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. And, you know, they were only there for three years, but, I mean, they left the mark. I mean, they brought NASCAR there, and they bought, um, the, you know, the tour there for the first time. You know, you know then, then they left and came back. But the SKs, the, the Speedles SK track, because they leased it. I mean, I don't know if that, that would have changed, you know. So they could if they didn't lease it, maybe it would be like, Riverhead, Riverhead, but they were racing tour type mods. You don't know. Yeah, they changed a lot in the short period of time they were there. Yeah, it could have taken a real left turn. I think the only thing you could really touch on at the other tracks is I think the Vendettis have owned Seekonk forever. I don't think yeah, they've yeah. even never leased it out. I don't. I don't even I don't remember. Think so. And then Thompson, I think they went through one period where they leased the track out, and it was the new Thompson Speedway around the turn of the millennium, and then with the, that, polar, yeah, the, the polar beverage, yeah, the polar beverage guys, that yeah. did not last. And that's probably the story. They actually leased it to, excuse me, they leased it to Dick Williams in the early '80s. Oh, okay. When he when he had his thing going on, yeah. So they've leased it out a, a few yeah, times. Yeah, a lot of people freak out about Thompson getting leased out, but it's definitely not a new thing. Oh, it's not. No, no it's no. really not. I mean, they've also gone right. through different phases where they've had the road course and limited oval track racing before, and yeah, they've it's it's basically been like this. It's 
ebbed and flowed. I they've read always, somewhere they've always done it. Yeah, I read somewhere at some point Oops. that Thompson has only had 18 full seasons of racing in its history. Yeah, they've ne- only through like the late 90s and 2000s they've yep. had full-time racing. That was basically it. They were usually like a road course or a special divisions track or a special race track. It's a good special so, events track. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's built for tour mods. I mean that's just but a fact. Nothing will ever have the story or the charm, even with the grandstands gone, that Waterford has to me. No, it's and it's, I only started going there in 2012. I never knew the place existed when I was growing up. I mean, you think about just from the end of this film, which was the Beamer winning the auction. To now, how much dra- off-the-track drama there is. Forget about Bruce and all his weird shit, you know, in the courts. But there was the whole delay about him taking over after the auction because of the creditors. You know, like some of them uh, were thinking about challenging the results of the auction and that whole drama. And I, I actually was originally going to get put that in this, but again, like, you know, cut for time. Um, and then, you know, so the whole thing about Monahan getting his opportunity to, to run the track and then George Whitney... And then Mike Saluka, and now, you know, and then John, uh, what's his name there? Rich Turcott, and now Mike Marfio. I mean, he's only owned the track for six years, and I just named five guys that have run it. So, I mean, there's still a lot more drama to go, you know. I mean, I'm not entertaining any ideas for Part 7 yet, but I mean, there's there's plenty I, left to be told. I honestly think that a lot more time is going to have to pass before a Part 7 comes out. Uh, there's well, so much that- more coming. <clears throat> Don't forget, like the, as it turned out, it went in, into these decades that went from the 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 year that ends in five to the the year that ends in four. So, with that in mind, I wouldn't even entertain anything until twenty twenty four. It it would be at least that that long, you know. Of a yeah, period. it would have to it have to take a few years, and I'm sure that it would still fill another another episode because of all the drama and such. such yeah, I mean, I mean that listen so it, much. We, we would need to, yeah, we'd need to revisit like fundraising and people getting involved because I mean, there's no, I don't have any interview footage on, on you know, other than maybe like the Mon. I think I did ask a few people their early impressions about Monahan, but I mean, everything I asked about early impressions of Bruce Beamer is irrelevant now too much has changed. You'd have to ask, you know, so you'd have to do all kinds of new interviews and you'd have to interview people that, you know, that that aren't I don't want to say relevant, but, you know, like Kyle James and maybe Timmy Jordan and, uh, you know, Chris Meyer and CJ Canfield. And I mean, there's a there's a bunch of people now that, you know, and obviously all those operators that I just named, um, you know, and you maybe you, know, you do Shane again, you do Webby again. You, you, there's a there, you'd have to do at least 20 or 25 more um, interviews so that, you know, doing a part seven would would entail a lot more than just me editing now because we, you know, we treated these six and where we were asking people about six, uh, you know, basically however many years it was, what's 51 to 2014 is what, 64 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like so that. yeah, we, we basically that. have to start over, you know, in terms of, of content. Yeah. Content. My, obviously this thing is going to drop on Tuesday, which is about when the podcast comes out. Correct. Uh, I'm actually gonna wait to do your the your the video podcast for Wednesday. Well, I mean the audio oh, podcast is gonna come out Tuesday. Or, oh right, well yes. it's gonna come yeah, out yeah, tonight, yeah. Right, right. but it, yep. nobody's gonna listen to it till tomorrow anyway. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's gonna come out on Tuesday, the 27th, I think, right? Which is yesterday, yeah, six six p.m. tomorrow or six yep. p.m. Tuesday. Yep, six p.m. Tuesday. Uh, my final thought <laughs> is that. My final thought about that is uh, I looked at the beginning of the show 
or the uh, episode, I should say. And I saw the list of names of people who have passed since the start of this thing. I swear yeah. to God, it's got to be like 12 to 15 names. I'm like, holy cow. Just the, like I said, there's a lot of time involved, but a lot of really genuine and good people that like fulfilled the Speed Bulls history have also gone, but we were actually able to get a lot of their stories, which is really cool. So I, I appreciate that aspect of this project as well. So I figured I'd throw that in there. Yeah, I agree. And on that tip, I have a couple of regrets with that, to be honest with you. I wish, obviously, that we had interviewed Teddy. Mm. And I wish that I interviewed Bubby Brower. And I don't know if we could have get Bubby because Bubby had given us some VH chat, the tapes. And he actually was a big fan of the doc. And, and I had, um, you know, he bought some DVDs of it. And I actually, uh, you know, we bought a house like right down the street. We were neighbors, you know, before he passed away. And you know, he was just a great guy, and, and obviously he could have spoke of behind the scenes as well as, you know, he's pretty accomplished on the track. He could have talked about the Wednesday stuff, but it, um, Bubby's kind of, he's a little bit of a shy guy. I don't, I don't know if he would have been um, comfortable in front of the camera, but I, I would have tried to get him because, you know, everybody loved the guy. He, he was just such a, a, a unique, special part to that place, and, and really for the second half of Terry's regime was kind of the backbone of the facility part, maintenance part, you know? Yeah. So those are, I am thrilled, you know, especially like Ron Bouchard was my childhood idol. Um, I, I, I'll never forget that day, Jess, when we went up there and, and filmed that interview. That was one of my highlights. And, you know, it's one like of mine, too. I mean, the guy yeah. couldn't have been any bigger of a class act. I mean, he was yeah, so he yeah, was welcoming. You know, he was just he the treated Jesse and I like we like we were a Hollywood studio. It's just like the utmost respect. He was just, he was just awesome. He, he made, I liked him even more after, after we left. Yeah. Totally. So there's, a, I'll, I'll always, you know, you know, Potter obviously is a legend and, you know, flash flash was super excited. That actually came up in my Facebook yeah. memories a couple of days ago that he had posted that he had just finished his documentary with us. He was so excited to be a part of it. So hmm. yeah, that's, it's, um, it's it's I'm bummed that a lot of them can't see the finished product, especially like Flash. You know, his story was really in, in part five and, and he never got to see it. So those kind of things bum me out. But I'm also glad that we have that raw footage. And, you know, a lot for the most part, I I think I've sent like those families the raw footage of those interviews so they can have them, um, you know, just just the raw whatever. You know, a lot of those interviews are a couple hours long and stuff. So. I'm glad that, you know, we have those preserved and we can, you know, share them with the family as well as, you know, um, you know, have them just to, to, you know, keep those guys' memories and stories alive from their perspective. Yeah. So the documentary part six comes out tomorrow or today, whenever you're going to listen to this, it's Tuesday. Well, if you're going to watch this on YouTube, it's yesterday. Correct. Uh, it was uh, April 27th. I have to do the math. Tuesday, April 27th, 6 p.m. On the Vault Productions page, that's youtube.com slash view. One final topic. I have to bring this up. Jesse and Phil, to be honest with you, do you guys want to talk about the latest Formula One race? Where is it at? I believe it was, it's coming, oh, actually, it's coming up in Portugal, I think. Portugal. What country is that? Portugal. Oh, <laughs> is May's spin gonna wreck again? A uh, problem. Oh, uh, we've we've lost Jesse again. Rip. He has died of boredom. About 
Formula One. No. I well, not anymore. Rip. I get. Oh, with his last remaining strength, he has handed me his social media channels. Ah, uh, anyway. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You want to send us an email? Send it to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. You can set, you can go check us out on YouTube, which I've said before plenty of times at uh, YouTube.com. My son has entered the room. YouTube.com slash Sid's View. I apologize. This place is a zoo. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find Phil at... Uh, at P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S Racing on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And with his last remaining breath, <laughs> because he died of boredom talking about Formula Hi. One, <laughs> but after, before my son took over his microphone, Jesse left me his social media channels. He says gab.com slash mamma mia, twatter.com it's Twitter, no. Twatter? Slash D, 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 D. God damn it. Mamma. Mamma mia. Is this the Janko Abadondo scene? Didn't we reference this earlier? We could make it again. Oh, he's back. Welcome back. Not Janko. So, Raji, how do we end this thing, Raji? Oh my god. Not metal. Can you do it the right way? Not Pantera style. No, not that way either. Not Taylor Swift style. I have an entire gallery here. Okay, keep keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. Keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. That's better. Hey, <laughs> 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 <laughs>